Hey everybody, I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vinny Savatello. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the country. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers, Manufacturers Insurance Group. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, and they are the official sponsor of the show, so check them out if you need some updated coverage and you can pronounce their name, because I clearly am having some trouble today. <laughs> Awesome. Just a housekeeping matter or two before we get this train rolling. This podcast is available just about anywhere you can get a show. That's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's TuneIn. We even throw these things up on YouTube if you'd rather watch than listen. But no matter how you check the show out, give it some love. Give it that like. Give it that comment. Give it that five-star review on iTunes. Help that algorithm find more awesome listeners who you'd be surprised to learn are exactly like you. And with all that out of the way, our awesome guests today from Gluck Walrath and Gibbons Law are Josh Levy and Robin Geigel. Robin, Josh, say hi. Let the audience hear your voice. Hi, everybody. It's so good to have you guys with us. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Oh, no, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. Very happy to be here. So today's icebreaker is what are you currently binging? And that can be uh, books, movies, uh, food, (laughs) television. Uh, I can go first. Unless, what's that? I said, I'm going to make Kate go first. Oh, very good. I always asks, like, who's going to go first? And then you, there's like awkwardness where we try to decide. It's now. easier if Kate goes first. Go you should just make it a rule that I always go first, right? That's the, that's the thing, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, I don't know if you know uh, this woman named Taylor Swift. She released an album like recently, last week. You might not have heard of her, but she's she's getting there. She's kind of a big deal. Sure. You know? Um, I've been listening to Midnight's on repeat. It is so good. It is so mature. She has come so far. I really, I'm a fan. I'm a Swifty. I'm a fan. Um, when so I've been, you say she's come so far, like. When, yeah. When you think about where she started with pop country and she has traveled from there to straight up pop to folk and now this like moody, I don't even know what you would call it. I wouldn't call it pop, but just, I, I don't know. It's amazing. I okay. love it. Yeah. Is this one of those like re-recorded old albums or is this? No. Brand, I don't follow Taylor brand Swift. New Robin is shaking her head. She knows that you're a Swifty, huh? could be here yeah. for a full hour of Taylor Swift if that's yeah. you should, But I am a fan of Taylor's. I love her. She is such a voice. She's changed so much and she, her voice has matured and, the lyrics are so deep. Oh, I just love her. She's great. Do you have a recommendation for a great Taylor Swift album? I'm talking to you. Oh my Rod. gosh. You know, in the in the old days, my eyes linking up to Robin would let her know, but now because you know we're yeah. all boxes on the screen. Yeah, sorry. Robin, what's your favorite album? Oh boy, I I, I honestly, um, what was the one that she did um, with uh, that was recorded where it's just her and the guitar and the piano? Um, on Disney. Evermore. Yes. I think Evermore and then Folklore came out like a week later. It yeah. was were amazing. Both of those. I agree. For for my part, I don't mind the Red re-record, yes. um, which was very good. Yes. And uh, you know, I'm partial to 1989, mm. but I will agree that Midnight's is very good. And New Jersey plug, right? She's co-writing now with Jack Antonoff, who's a native. So. That's my contribution. Realize. That's awesome. I didn't realize that. Look at that. Yeah. We're all 50s. <laughs> yeah. 
Red is probably the only Taylor Swift album I know. And the only reason I even know that one is because a few years ago when my daughter was learning how to talk, she would um tell the Echo to just play like colors. Like she'd be like, play red, you know? And when she said play red, that was what would come up. So then, you know, usually she'd be like, oh, stop. This is not what I, I wanted. But with red, she was actually like, all right, we're going to let this play. So that would wind it. up playing a lot in our house. Yeah. For no reason whatsoever. It's a great album. Yeah. Great, great album. Yeah. All right. Sorry for the, the Taylor Swift rabbit hole there. Uh, who wants to go next? <laughs> Josh, go ahead. Sure. Um, well, my wife and I recently had uh, our third kid over the summer. So my, thank you so much. My, my binging has really kind of gone yes. way down. I um, I, if, if I'm binging anything, it's shows that my four-year-old and, you know, second grader are watching. So I'm real partial to the third season of Bluey that recently dropped on <laughs> Disney+. Plus. Um, but but if, if not that answer, then we're making our way through Bad Sisters on Apple, which is very intense that, that we're liking a lot. I've heard good things. I can't wait for it to be done so I can binge it, like really like in a weekend. Nice. All right, Robin, uh, you're up. Uh, and I was avoiding this question because like I am so boring. Um, I am not binging anything. Um, so it, you all know that both Josh and I are authors. So right now I am working on the concept for, for my book four. I am doing the page proofs on book three. I am editing the, it's coming out, both my first two novels are coming out in the UK. And so um, I'm reviewing their page proofs. I, I like have no time to do anything but read. You're Wait, also James, killing here, it. Like, are you working on books three and four at the same time, like simultaneously? Like this is gonna be one of those like Lord of the Rings kinds of things where like <laughs> it's, it's all interconnected. No, three is done, three is okay. done doing the page proofs on, on three. So that's like the last step that you get before it okay. you know, goes to, 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 the, to print. But book four, I'm under contract to do, and I'm, I'm working on the concept. I have to sit, submit the, the synopsis of it to my editor. And that's what I'm you know, theoretically working on in between trying to edit all these other things. So, you're, so you're binging I'm, yourself. You're, okay. you're binging yourself right now. Yes. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say that, that Robin is also killing it at seamless interview transitions. That was a master class in jumping from the underlying question to the stuff you're working on, which is awesome. Love it. Uh, what, what, tell me about the books. Yeah. Um, so, and, and make sure you get to Josh's books too, because he's also a fabulous author. I don't yeah, mean we'll to the author spotlight here. Um, so my but books he are, to talk about Bluey, so we'll talk about his books later. <laughs> I could talk about Bluey all day. <laughs> Proceed. Um, the, my books are legal thrillers. Uh, they are a, a series. Um, the, the main protagonist is a criminal defense attorney by the name of, of Erin McCabe. Um, she's a transgender criminal defense attorney. And um, her partner, Dwayne Swisher, and they have various adventures in terms of legal thrillers. So, okay. um, awesome. out in um, in March of 2021. Book two came out in January. Oh, book one, March of 2021. Book two, January of 2022. And book three, like 
Josh's next book comes out on May 23rd, 2023. Now, I know so you're cool. promoting book three now, but if I want to go back and read book one, because I haven't started the series yet, what's it called? By Way of Sorrow. And, and can I get it on Kindle and Audible? You can get it Audible, Kindle, uh, paperback, hardcover. Um, Survivor's Guilt comes at, is book two. That is available, Audible, Kindle, and uh, hardcover. Paperback comes out in April. That's awesome. Do you do the narration for the Audible one? Oh, no. No, 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 no. no, no. Oh, no I can't possibly <laughs> read my own book. <laughs> the woman who does my, my books, her name is Marguerite Gavin. She's amazing. She's okay. absolutely amazing. I don't know how she does it. Just, just to give me a peek behind the curtain of how this works. Do you have to arrange, like, you know, Margaret to read your book, or do they pick somebody and say, this is who's going to do your book? My publisher takes care of all of that. They work with Audible. I had some minor veto power. You know, they'd send me some readers and say, what do you think of this one? What do you think of that one? And when I heard Marguerite, I was like, she's the one I want. Okay. Do they give you the, is it like first refusal to be like, I'd like to do it myself or no? No, okay. I am an unknown author, Vinny. So okay. <laughs> if you're Stephen King or you're somebody like that, you All get right. you get it, but not for somebody like me. Fair enough. Um, if if I'm binging anything right now, like Josh, it's the new Monster High movie. Um, it came out on Paramount Plus. My daughter's watched it like 122 times, and I think it only came out like a month ago. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that explains all the Monster High Halloween costumes that I've been yeah. scrolling through on Facebook. I didn't understand yeah. it at all. I was yeah. not. And then I started to like pay attention to the captions and I'm like, Monster High. Okay. I'm guessing this is a show. For anybody who's not familiar with Monster High. And I mean, if you're not, what are you even doing with your life right now? Monster High is basically all of like those universal classic monsters like Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman, all them. And um, instead of being you know, those scary characters, they're just a bunch of teenage girls going to high school together. And um, that the, the scary. Movie, it has like a good message, like the, the movie, they start out and they're, they're super prejudiced against humans. And then like, as the movie goes on, I mean, really in the beginning, you find out that the main character is half human. And, you know, they have to kind of come to the realization that, you know, that they would have accepted her all along if she just came out and told them and, you know, like, we go through that whole thing. So by the end of the movie, they love humans, you know? And I'm Very... getting away from you, but really that's that's not why you should be watching the movie. You're watching the movie because your kid is screaming at you that they want to watch Monster High <laughs> and they want to hear the songs. So there you go. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. Okay, yes. thank you. <laughs> yes. So now we're going to go back to Robin's awesome transition and I will ask you guys what you're doing professionally for Gluck and Gibbons um, respectively. And I think Josh went first between the two of you for the, the what are you binging? So Robin, we'll start with you for, you know, tell us what you're working on. Boy, I, I feel like poor Josh, I, I feel like I'm doing all the talking. So um, I, I am a partner at Gluck Walrath um, and um, I do commercial litigation and employment litigation uh, and uh, been doing that. Uh, this is as hard as it is for me to say this, this is my 45th year practicing law. Not all of them out, obviously, at Gluck Walrath. But uh, yeah, no, that's what I do. I'm a litigator. And is that where you get the inspiration for your books? Certainly. Um, in my career, I have done a fair amount of, of criminal defense work. And so, yes, uh, being a trans woman, having done criminal defense work, 
it was kind of a natural fit for, for me to create a, a character, you know, write what you know. Um, yeah. It's something I know. And so that's how Aaron came about. Are you allowed to pull from your own, let's call them cases? Um, or is that like, like any legal sort, like you can't take, like, for example, like is your book allowed to be about like a real life case that you had just change the names around that kind of deal? Or do you just completely make it up? Um, it, so far, I've completely made them up. Um, okay. And and I don't think I would do that in terms of my own cases. You know, sometimes you see something in the headlines, you, you kind of steal the idea from that. Um, but, you know, no, I would never use one of my cases. I don't know how it works. I, I just thought I'd throw it out. There. <laughs> no problem. So I have a really, really dumb question because I've, I've heard the word litigator and litigation my whole life, right? In fact, I remember from Clueless that Cher said that litigators are the scariest kind of lawyers. What does it actually even mean? What is, what is, does it have a Latin root that I should know about? Um, it comes from, I, I don't know where to litigate yeah, comes from. Yeah, asking to break out the Latin now. I'm yeah, sorry, I, I didn't mean to be <laughs> that nerdy. I apologize, that was really nerdy. No, it's, um, I don't think we are the, the scariest lawyers. Um, I, I think tax lawyers are the scariest lawyers. <laughs> I, I was going to That's great. Um, no, it, we, we are the people that go to court when there's a, a dispute, whether it be a, a civil case um, where somebody is suing somebody for something, or it's a criminal case where you're either representing the state or, or the United States of America in bringing criminal charges against the defendant, and sometimes the people are criminal defense attorneys. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. So, Josh. You are up. Sure. Tell us what uh, you do. So I am a director partner here at Gibbons PC. Um, like Robin, I'm also a litigator. I am in our firm's commercial and criminal litigation group. For me, that's generally meant construction litigation and consumer class action defense. Um, you know, I, I think I would answer your your question, Kate. I, I, you know, people pose the question, right? The distinction between litigation and the other kinds of law. The metaphor that always comes to mind for me is, if you're a litigator, your job is to put out the fires, whereas on the corporate side, their job is to build the buildings with the fire prevention in them from the for, for the in the first place. Um, and so when that goes wrong, they come to us, and we you know litigate those disputes and try and try and smooth things out as best as we can. Um, and like Robin, I am also, um, you know, an, an author and, and working hard in, in that column too. All right, you're up. Tell us about yeah. the new book. <laughs> Tell sure, us. sure. So, so I, um, I am a middle grade writer, which means I write essentially for the middle school audience. Um, oh, so for, cool. for kids like, you know, fourth, fifth through eighth ish grade. Um, my first book came out in 2019. It was called Seventh Grade Versus the Galaxy, about kids in the future going to a public school spaceship that gets catapulted across the galaxy and has to find its way home. The, the, and, you know, they, they go to school, they have homework, but also they like fly across the galaxy and have to fight aliens and robots and all that. Um, cool. the, thank you. The sequel came out in 2021. I'm the age target audience, but I feel like I am the target audience nonetheless. <laughs> appreciate that. I like to think I, it is accessible to all audiences, Vinny. There you I go. immediately thought of Ready Player One, I'll be honest, yeah, exactly. immediately, right? Well, th thank you so much. Um, there, there is, well, 
there's an Australian web. I don't, I don't know how this copy gets put out there, right? Amazon has its description of the book. Barnes and Noble has a description, but there's an Australian description. I don't know where it came from. I've only ever seen it there. That said, it's Star Trek, um, Star Trek Voyager meets Percy Jackson, which if you get all of those references, really yes. speaks to me. Um, yeah. But 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 anyway, I like to think it's not just for the the nerdy among us, of which of which I am definitely a card carrying member. Um, the sequel came out in 2021. The third book in that series comes out in August of 23. Um, but like Robin, my next book is with a different, so those books are with a publisher called Learner. My next book really is, is in May 23rd of 2023 with HarperCollins, also middle grade, but contemporary, kind of a grounded, more grounded story. Um, and then I have two more in, in 24 already on the calendar. So um, all Amazing. in the middle grade space. Very cool. That is very, very cool. All while practicing law and raising three children. I mean, like everybody here has a full plate and we triage that zero sum game as best we can. I was oh, going to say, are you drawing your books from your professional career? Because if so, I want to be your new intern. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I think um, on my on my learner bios, it says something like, you know, Josh is the author of whatever. He's a practicing lawyer, unfortunately, outer space doesn't come up in court nearly as often as he'd like, which is accurate. Um, but so so as as Robin knows, I was a middle school teacher before I went to law school and I did that for a couple of years. And, and that environment, that feel is where I kind of grabbed what it would be like, I think, for that group of kids to go on an adventure. Um, I, I learned more about the age category and, and the books that are being published specifically for those kids. I, I didn't come to wanting to write specifically wanting to write for, for those kids, but that's where it turns out, um, I, I, at least for now, I found my, um, I found my niche. So, so it's been fun. That's fantastic. Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no I, was, I was actually going to ask, it's very unusual for us to have two lawyers not it's not unusual for us to have two lawyers on the show. It's unusual for us to have two lawyers on the show from different firms. So that tells me that you guys must work together a lot. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. So I'm gonna answer this one because this is, I think is my story to tell. Uh, Robin and I, this is the first time we've ever seen each other here and now. We spoke by phone before this interview just so we could connect. Um, Robin and I don't, don't know each other, but I feel like we do now. Um, <laughs> Uh, That's you know, the whole I, point of this show. Bringing, yeah. bringing people together. Um, so why are we both here? Why are we both here with you? Um, you know, I, uh, I, I am a litigator in New Jersey who writes and publishes books in the like, you know, traditional publishing space. And I am represented by a literary agency called Lauradale Literary Agency. My, my, um, my agent's Alana Roth Parker. It doesn't matter. And I kind of learned out there in the, Twitter sphere, I think, that there was this person whose name was Robin Geigel, who was a litigator in New Jersey, who writes books and is represented by Lauradale Literary Agency. And I had to reach out to her. So so I did, and you know, we built connections. And, and you know, when 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 we all got got connected in, in for, for this purpose, um, we kind of thought it made sense for us to all chat together. I love that. What are the odds? Oh my gosh. So after this interview comes out, all the other lawyer authors <laughs> represented by our agency are going to come out and be like, why weren't we in this interview? 
But I do want to thank Josh for, for reaching out and connecting because he was the one that made the connection and then volunteered me to be part of this. So I'm very thankful for that and, and glad we connected. It's been wonderful. It's really exciting. Yeah, very cool. Vinny, I interrupted you before. What were you going to say? No, I had more questions about time traveling space aliens. Yeah, no, let's get back to that because. <laughs> I, I, I have many answers. <laughs> I actually, oh, okay. I do remember what I was going to ask. I was going to ask if, if you find it challenging writing for a, a younger audience in terms of, I, I don't want to say dumbing down your language or dumbing down your writing, but not doing anything that would go way over their heads or anything like that, especially with vocabulary or anything like that. You know, I, I will say, while I might not use the same vocabulary when I'm writing for middle school kids that I'm using in a legal brief to the District of New Jersey, I'm not really dumbing anything down. You know, I, I, I love, I really love a lot of middle grade fiction. I, I be, because I both swim in this world and otherwise, I've read a ton of it. Um, you know, I've never, I've never tired of of Percy Jackson. I think they're a ton of fun. Um, it, the the you know Rawl Dahl's books. Say whatever you want about him, him as a person, but they they remain accessible even if his language is is you know pretty intense. And I subscribe generally to the idea that you don't have to write or speak down to the kids you're you're writing to even the vocabulary might be sophisticated and you can read picture books that have really sophisticated language the the distinction in in my head and maybe others might say differently between middle grade and and young adult like ya for example isn't really language i mean it is to a degree but it's more length and subject matter right there, there are certain topics that you don't address quite as explicitly or concretely in the middle grade space as you would miss maybe in young adult or in grown-up fiction. Mm. Interesting. Do your kids, not your kids, do the kids in your books get older in each successive book? Because uh, you have to then deal with yeah. right, the Harry Potter situation, yeah. right? So, so it's, a, it's a very good question. Um, well, so seventh grade versus the galaxy, the protagonists are in seventh grade, although it's a, it's a school with sixth with no with fifth sixth and seventh graders um so they're the oldest in the school at the time the second book is eighth grade versus the machines so they're in eighth grade during that so they do get a bit older and i try to a degree to kind of age up what they're grappling with and then the third book is called last summer in outer space it's breaking the form of the title because they're not yet in ninth grade and you know maybe there's some marketing challenge because it's a middle school series, a middle grade series. Anyway, I think about it a lot. In, in that series, yes, they get older. But in my next few, which are totally standalone, I'm back squarely to an 11, 12 year old protagonist. That's great. I remember the the growing pains that existed in um, the Harry Potter books. And I'm just thinking about, I know Vinny's laughing because I'm I'm very much a Potterhead. I can't even help it. Well, define growing pains in this in this case. Like, you don't think that Rowling did a good job, like making them a year she older did. in the next book? Okay, so I didn't. I didn't mean that the books went through growing pains. I mean, I meant that she did a really good job of portraying the growing pains okay. that the kids went through. Not necessarily the pain, but like you know, liking somebody for the first time and not knowing what to do with all those feelings. And I mean, I just thought she did a, you know. Josh, as you said, whether or not you like her as a person, the writing is really good. What she what she did with those books was really good. Yeah. yeah. My next question was going to be a lot heavier. You know, I got to move away from the time traveling aliens. But um, Robin, uh, so you said write what you know. Um, 
what kinds of challenges would you say that a transgender litigator would face in your novels and in real life, you know? Yeah. Um, in, in terms of I, the books, so the first book is set in 2006 and okay. 2007. So I took it back because um, at the time I was writing it, which was 2014, 2015, I wanted to to go back to a time when there was not as much known about transgender people. And quite frankly, in 2014, 15, when I was writing it, the things looked a little bit better in terms of where we were going as a country in terms of acceptance of transgender people. Um, obviously, that didn't turn out the way I thought it was in real life. Um, so I said it when I did in terms of having people unfamiliar with transgender issues, having people somewhat you know, being dismissive uh, of people because they're transgender or being outright bigoted because they're transgender. And I, I did that because what I wanted to do was I wanted to write a legal thriller that anybody who's into that genre would really enjoy. But at the same time, I wanted to get a little bit of a message across about what it is like to be a transgender person, not just, um, you know, from Aaron's standpoint, but there's another character in By Way of Sorrow who's who's the defendant charged with the crime, who is also transgender. And she happens to be a, a black sex worker um, and, and um, younger, she's 19. And, and so I wanted to kind of give a diverse viewpoint or perspective on, on what those issues mean to various people and the privileges that that Erin has because she's a successful lawyer, she's, she's white and, and she's, got a support system as opposed to somebody who is struggling because they were thrown out of their house because they haven't been accepted and, and had to live on the street. So, you know, those are the things that I wanted to deal with um, in in that book and, you know, subsequent books, I continue to deal with, with the transgender issues, but in different contexts. Also, again, always trying to make it a little legal thriller that people who are into the genre, genre will enjoy. As I, as I said to Josh in our, in our conversation this morning, I said, I, I call it the Mary Poppins theory, which is you give them the spoonful of sugar, which is their legal thriller that they enjoy, and then that helps the medicine go down, which is the, the, the point of talking about you know, discrimination against people. No, I love it. It sounds so unique because, you know, the like legal thrillers in general are a dime a dozen. But, you know, you throw in the transgender angle and suddenly I don't know anything, you know, in that space. So, yeah, it's awesome. I, I, I wish I could say there were more. I, I was asked if, if, you know. No, you don't because you're going to like monopolize the market here. That's great. <laughs> I, I don't know anyone else who, who's writing legal thrillers with a transgender protagonist. Not, I know that we uh, were pressed a little tiny bit for time, and I don't want to go to too far down this rabbit hole, but I was just thinking um, how true it is that back when you were first imagining this, we were on this this arc toward progress. And, you know, I always like to believe that the long arc of history bends toward justice and progress. And I'm a really, really big fan of um, RuPaul's Drag Race. And within that community, there is or there was um, issues with trans people. And, you, you know, could you be a trans man and a drag queen? There were like some some opinions about that um, going way back. And now I think this last season, there was somebody who was 
openly trans and competing with all the love and support as anybody else. And it was just really lovely to see, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably off off the, the rails a little bit here, but it was just nice to see that long arc of history bending toward justice and progress, I guess. Yeah, but unfortunately, I'd kind of add a caveat that that's more the exception of where yeah. we are than than the rule. I think you know you're seeing the states passing bans on transgender health care for for kids. You're seeing you know yes. states bans on, on trans girls competing in, in youth and high school sports. You're seeing so much pushback out there against the LGBTQ community writ large and then the trans community in particular. So uh, you know right. from, um, you know when I as I said when I was conceiving of these in 2014 and 2015 I thought we'd be in a much different space in 2022 than it turned out we're in. I think we all did. Yeah. I think we yeah. all thought we'd be in a different space. Yeah. All right, I think we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, we're gonna do a lightning round. And welcome back. And it is now time to play our lightning round, which today is brought to us by RWJ Barnabas and Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. Thank you guys for sponsoring Thanks. that. All right, Josh and Robin, are you ready? Yes, sure. Favorite pizza topping, Robin? Sausage. Josh. Excellent choice. Yeah, I agree. Oh. What? Mm, Did sorry. you say spinach? <laughs> yeah, or broccoli. I don't, is that? Robin wins, I don't know. <laughs> Robin wins. That's fine, I accept. What is it about spinach that you like on pizza? Like, what is like? Does it do something for the? I, I like the. I just like the flavor. I like. You know, we make a lot of pizza like at home, and that it's it's so easy to put on top. I don't know. Sorry. Anything more interesting things about me. That doesn't mean you should do it. You know what? I also. You know what? No, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna advocate here. I don't want a topping that overpowers the pizza, right? Like my wife's really into the pineapple, like Hawaiian, but it's it's it, it becomes something else entirely. Um, yeah. Spanish is understated, and I like it. Disagree. It is not understated. I'm it's overpowering. Yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna leave it there because you're wrong, and we just need to move on. So <laughs> I can see that's fine. <laughs> Greatest TV show ever made, Josh. <sighs> This is greatest TV show ever made. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I guess Breaking Bad, but it oh. doesn't it doesn't mean I'm saying that I think that's the show that means the most to me as a person. But the, of the shows I've watched, that's probably the one that is the best crafted. And there's some great stuff, but that's that's what means the most to you as a person. Yeah. Now now so now's the harder question. Um, Really? It's gonna, it's gonna bizarrely. The answer is bizarrely gonna be, um, may either Arrested Development or Community on NBC. Um, <gasps> which I understand I are comedies, so it's Arrested a weird thing for it to be in my heart. But fine. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Vinny just finished binging Arrested. Yeah, that was my answer to the "What are you currently binging?" in the last episode of this show. Yeah. Um, All right, Robin. Greatest TV show ever made. I, and so this is going to show both my age and the fact that I don't watch television much anymore, but <laughs> it would be between, be between MASH and Seinfeld. MASH. That Those is are two great. very different eras too. You know, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. 
All right, that's a tie. <laughs> Next up. I like how we turned this into a competition. Even I know, it didn't, I didn't we work are, directly work out this We way. are litigators, Your Honor, and, and I submit to the courts, finish. <laughs> okay, Robin, favorite movie? For doubling down on spinach. He gets <laughs> for that. Who does that? Come on. Robin, favorite movie? Go to Josh and then come back to me. Let me think about it. All right, that. Josh. My, my favorite movie, the one that means the most to me, is Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Sure. Um, that's so a great that's, answer. I mean, I, I'm going to dock a point for you calling it Star Wars Episode Five: <laughs> The Empire Strikes Back, and not just The Empire Strikes Back, because that implies all of the BS changes that were made to it later. But I will Whoa. give you. Oh, so now point. you're now you're saying that 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 you would qualify not not just the new stuff the the special edition but you would say that in 1980 when george lucas started numbering the series that that itself was an error and that's no, that's a bold no, statement they, they didn't market that movie as star wars episode 5 until 1997 when they started making those crazy changes is is that right is that right i wasn't aware. I, I thought they started numbering them just the empire strikes back maybe star wars the empire strikes back if you really wanted to get, I mean, yeah, I'm the wrong, I'm the wrong person to talk to. I'm a prequel revisionist, and this is a whole new, di different podcast <laughs> we could have. What is a prequel revisionist? I need to know. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. you know, I, I follow you around. You know, I, I, I had a troubled relationship with them when they first came out. Yeah. Um, I've now come back around to believing that maybe the coldness and austerity of the character development is itself a reflection of the coldness and austerity of the deteriorating crumbling republic and the rise of the empire but that's probably not the case i've just thought about it way too much no i i i'll make it really simple um the prequels are a lot better to me now that i've seen how much worse it can get with the sequel trilogy oh so see i'm i'm also I, i'm a pro last jedi partisan when, like there was a plan <laughs> Okay. This is again another. This is a series of podcasts, Vinny. Now, so I'm sorry, Robin. I didn't mean for this to happen. I apologize to Robin. Robin, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I I've been enjoying this. The only thing I'd say is, Vinny, go back and look at the original trailer to Star Wars. Okay. And I'm pretty sure it says it starts with Episode Four. Yeah. You're talking about the does. trailer, like 1977. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drop my real nerd on you here. Here we go. When you watch the original theatrical Star Wars, this is before, like, 1977. It didn't have oh, episode four in the scrawl at all. They added that in a later theatrical re-release. Not 1997, more like 1980 when they started promoting The Empire Strikes Back. They added episode four. So pure purists, like, if you were going to go online and download 4K77, it's not going to have episode four in the crawl at all. But yeah. 4K77. Wow. Now this is, uh, we don't have enough time for this. I, I want to keep I listening, I'm sorry. but I'm sorry. we don't have enough time. Robin, did you come up with a favorite movie? Um, yeah, this is going to be um, probably a little strange, The Godfather. The Godfather is yeah. a great choice. Objectively, a great movie. All right, uh, last I question, because- The second one, I never saw the third one, but you know, yeah. Last question, oh. just because we're running out of time. Okay. How many cats is too many cats? <laughs> Josh, you can go first on that. All cat owners, I'm going to say one. <sighs> uh, 
don't care what know, Josh says. If it's anything other than zero or one, Robin wins. <laughs> I, I I don't feel qualified to answer this question. I've never had a cat. I don't know the answer. Okay. All right. I guess that's fair. Robin wins just because she chose the right pizza topping. Congratulations, Robin. <laughs> Very cool. And that was um, the lightning round, sorry, which today was brought to us by RWJ Barmas and Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. Um, at this point in the show, we usually like to get some advice for our audience. So if you had some advice that you would give to your younger self, we'll start with Robin. What would it be? Um, be yourself. Yeah. Have, have faith in who you are, trust who you are, and, and be yourself. And and things will work out. Josh. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna second what what Robin said. You know, for for me personally, I you know, in in my own very different way though, um, I've I've come around to that that message too. And and even in my my writing, you know, the, the space stuff is great. It means a lot to me, but it doesn't reflect who I am. And as I've learned to do that more, I've found other types of success. And I'm very grateful to have come to that. And I wish I had had the confidence to, to do that um, earlier on. Now, we've talked about the books extensively, but I'm going to give you another option here. Um, anything coming up you want to promote? Or not option, another opportunity is what I meant to say. Sorry. Yeah, Josh, you go first. Sure. Um, and we put Robin on the spot with the uh, advice to your younger self. So go ahead. Fair enough. Well. Um, the Jake Show is being published on May 23rd, 2023 by HarperCollins, Catherine Teagan Books. Um, it is, I believe, or you know, available for pre-order, you know, wherever books are sold, as they say. Um, I'm not sure the, the cover has quite yet populated on all those websites, but pretty sure if you, if you click around, you could, um, you can pre-order it. And I'm, I'm really, really proud of it and really excited for it. And for digital geeks like me, like I asked Robin, Kindle, Audible, all that? Um, good question. I'm, I'm, well, definitely there'll be a Kindle. Um, is there going to be an audiobook? I, I, I don't know yet. Um, and that is not yet something. Um, I, think I don't know I if the middle school know. crowd is doing the Audible. I, I, I don't think they do. It's so I, I will say so, some middle grade books get audiobooks. Some don't. I, I, my general sense is that it's fewer. And it's less uh, of kind of a, a routine box check than it is in more grown-up fiction, for sure. Because what I really wanted to ask you was if you are more famous than Robin and they let you narrate your own audio book. I am. <laughs> but I, guess, I am. If you don't get one at all. I guess Robin wins. So yeah. I, I know. I'm definitely not more famous than Robin. I, I should definitely <laughs> not be allowed to to um. If I narrate my own audio book, I'm going to talk about it finished the whole time. So what are they going to do? There you go. <laughs> That's funny. If anybody wants to get a hold of either one of you, how do they do it? Can I just at least plug my book, Vinny? Before yeah, 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 Robin gets the oh plug. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I yeah. totally skipped that. In my yeah, yeah. No, I, and by the way, just to comment on Josh, uh, it, his his book coming out is with Harper Collins, one of the big publishing companies. So, I mean, he he, I don't hold a candle to him. So, congratulations to him. So, thank you, but um, no. My second book, Survivor's Guild, comes out in paperback in April. And the third book, Remain Silent, comes out on May 23rd, 2023. Um, it is available for pre-order um, uh, you know, on any place that you can. 
Uh, it will be available Kindle, audiobook, hardcover. Um, and if things go right, I actually might be flying over to London um, in March because they acquired the first two novels and they're being released in the UK on March 16th of 2023. Congratulations. Nice. Thank you. Um, I, I would love to do that. Uh, I mean, you know, my books are available. I just assumed that when you said you were going over there, they didn't make you come over just to look at it. You know? <laughs> but no, no. The, the idea is to be there for the launch and and to to do some publicity. Um, I mean, the books are. Don't ask me how or why, but they're available in Spanish, Portuguese, and soon to be Polish. So awesome. cool. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. All right, don't make me ask the question again. Just how can people get all the <laughs> Sure, okay. So um, in my lawyer life, anyone can reach out to me anytime for your construction litigation or consumer class action needs or questions. Um, I'm here at Gibbons at jlevy, L-E-V-Y, at gibbonslaw.com. Um, and well, at least for now, if you're interested in my swimming in the publishing world. I'm at Joshua S. Levy on Twitter, which is mostly where I have my book-related communications. But I don't know what Twitter is going to be this afternoon or tomorrow. Right? So I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. She's a moving target. Yeah. And, and for me, it's uh, similar. If you want to find me uh, for a legal issue, um, rgeigel at glucklaw.com. For my book stuff, I have a website um, robingeigel.com. Uh, I also have a, a Gmail address, rgeigel.author at Gmail. And I too am on Twitter at Robin Geigel. Um, but yeah, right now it's a dumpster fire, so who knows? Um, I'm, <laughs> Are either one I'm, of you on I'm, other social networks that you could plug, you know, just in case Twitter is not around by the time this airs in two weeks? <laughs> no, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm really torn, right? Like uh, on a personal level, Twitter, for me at least, I don't know if, if it's the same for you, Robin, Twitter is where the writing community, at least mine, you know, inhabits a certain space, communicates with each other, helps cross-promote, um, and it doesn't really exist, at least in my world, on, on Instagram or, or elsewhere. And I'm, and TikTok is not for me, but um, but I don't know, you know, will I go to Mastodon if I have to? I guess, we'll see. I guess uh, the pain is you build a community and then, you know, how can you, you know, you, how yeah. do you walk away from that? Yeah, no, I agree with Josh. Twitter was Twitter is a great place for authors. All right, on that almost sad note, uh, <laughs> I think that's our show. Thank you to our listeners, especially the subscribers. We really appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, so check them out if you need some updated coverage. And finally, thanks to Josh Levy with Gibbons Law and Robin Geigel with Gluck Walrath, two amazing authors. I love that we talked more about books than we did the law today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so I'm much. checking out both of your books, I promise. Thank you for having me. Me too.